This is Tate Talks on iHub Radio, a fresh perspective on how to live your best life. Combining biological sciences, mind-body medicine, nutrition, and exercise. This is the place to get the big picture on health and wellness. Live from the iHub Radio studios in Palm Springs, California, here's functional medicine certified health coach and award-winning wellness expert, Jason Tate. This is Jason Tate. Welcome to Tate Talks. It is Sunday, March 8th. Very special day. We're in March already. We're in March. (laughs) We did a March 1st show last week. And right now it's my favorite show because it was my father-daughter show. And I had so much fun with my little girl on the show. It was super sweet. Super sweet. So much fun. So if you have a chance to... Listen to that show. You can actually, I want to talk right now. How do you call us? How do you stay in touch? How do you follow us? We're Tate Talks. We're here every Sunday. Live shows from noon to 2 Pacific time. And by the way, happy, uh, what do we call this day today? International Women's Day. No, no, no. Before that, it's it's also... Daylight Savings Day today. Oh, that's right. Well. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thank you for the text. Yes. <laughs> so yes. Yeah. A lot. A lot going on today, and I'm really excited for today's show as well. So, Daylight Savings. Uh, for those, I, I, it's funny. I grew up in Arizona, mm. and I moved here in Didn't my early twenties. And I what? I don't know if I was just ignorant or. I, I wasn't aware because they don't they don't change time in right. Arizona. Mm-hmm. And so I'm here in California and everyone's like, oh, change your clocks. Change. I'm like, what do you why would I do that? Yeah. What do you mean by that? They don't, <laughs> they don't do it in Hawaii hilarious. either. <laughs> they do not do it in so, Hawaii. So today I get to be the same time zone again or same time of the day again as my family in Arizona. So hi, Yay. family. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you can call the station 760-544-TALK, which is 8255. You can text the station 760-699-0202 and email the station studio at ihubradio.com. Would love for some feedback today. And I'm going to be dedicating the show today to women for International Women's Day. Very special day. And I'll talk about International Women's Day in just a moment. But I'm definitely dedicating the show to women. And I'm going to be sharing stories today. Stories of um, influential and powerful women in my life. And just my adoration for women. Plus also women from a biological perspective and background. And how important women in the female species for all living things how important they are for life itself. Mm-hmm. So I'll be sharing that perspective uh, today as well. So you can join in and send us a quick little story or just a shout out to somebody that's uh, a woman that's really special in your life. So use those ways to reach out to us. You can text the station 760 and you can follow us. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook, Jason Tate, T-A-T-E. And you can follow us on Instagram, which is tatetalks.radio. Uh, we're on Spotify. We're on iTunes, all the major podcast <laughs> apps. I've been sh- sharing those links with people. It's mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. So so just to, just to mention the texts, I, I receive straight away. Mm-hmm. So I can see it on my monitor. Yep. So don't think that the texts that you've sent are going to go 
into oblivion or someone in a back room, I'm actually yep, have the right monitor here. in front of me and I received those texts. Yep. And that amazing voice you hear, let me do uh-huh. some introductions, <laughs> <laughs> is my friend and producer, Alexandra. Hi, Jason. <laughs> Thanks again for all that you do. Oh, you're so sweet. Learning to run the boards and in such a quick period of time. That was an adventure. <laughs> having And having fun. But she's, but again, She's a, amazing, oh. Alexandra, one of the most amazing women I've met in my life, and you Great. inspire me, You're honestly, very kind. you do. You're very, very kind. So I'm just going to be pouring out gratitude today to women, because <laughs> it, because we should, we really should. Um, so Alexandra, that lovely voice, I'm going to have another woman uh, on the show in the second hour. I have a, an amazing woman who came into my life a couple years ago. And now I call her my sister, and I'm so excited to have my sister from another from from a different Mista, <laughs> sister from a different Mista, on the show today. And I'll uh, I'll tease you with that just for now. Um, so International Women's Day, I I printed up something. I want to read this. This is the background on International Women's Day, and it says much progress has been made to protect and promote women's rights in recent times. However. Nowhere in the world can women claim to have all the same rights and opportunities as men, according to the United Nations. The majority of the world's 1.3 billion absolute poor are women. On average, women receive between 30 and 40 percent less pay than men earn for the same work, which just come on. That's true, and, and it's just and it's right here in the United States. It's just it's, it is. It just boggles my mind. I don't mm. get it. Women also continue to be victims of violence, with rape and domestic violence listed as significant causes of disability and death among women worldwide, which is just again, forget the page, but come on, this mm-hmm. is just it just breaks my heart to hear this to even read it to you. So the first International Women's Day occurred on March 19 in 1911, way too late. Mm -hmm. Uh, The inaugural event, which included rallies and organized meetings, was a huge success in countries such as Austria and Denmark, Germany and Switzerland. The March 19 date was chosen because it commemorated the day that the Prussian king promised to introduce votes for women in 1848. The promise gave hope for equality, but it was a promise that he failed to keep. The International Women's Day date was then moved to March 8 in 1913, a couple years later. The UN drew global attention to women's concerns in 1975 by calling for an International Women's Year. It also convened the first conference on women in Mexico City that year. The U.N. General Assembly then invited member states to proclaim March 8 as the U.N. Day for Women's Rights and International Peace in 1977, the year I was born. Mm. I love that number. I love that 7-7 number. I really do. The day aimed to help nations worldwide eliminate discrimination against women. It also focused on helping women gain full and equal participation in global development. So that is um, a little background on International Women's Day Mm -hmm. and what's out there in the United Nations. And so uh, I just want to, again, just put it out there. All the sisters and friends and aunts and nieces and 
grandmothers and daughters, granddaughters, of course, moms and wives, just incredible, incredible women, uh, all the women out there. Thank you so much for everything. And I have a powerful quote that I'll be sharing uh, in the second hour <laughs> about women. Uh, but before we get into anything more, and, and uh, again, I'll just keep coming back to women and sharing stories um, about women today for our show. I want to move right now into What Moves You, my weekly segment on movement and health. And I'm going to share information right now about brain hmm. and the importance of our brain health as it relates to movement. So some fun facts about the brain, uh, and I use these facts. I do talks and lectures. By the way, I don't think I introduced myself. I introduced <laughs> Alexandra. <laughs> oh, In the studio goodness. today, we In the have studio Mr. Today. <laughs> Jason Tate, a renaissance man. <laughs> <laughs> Raised by a single mom. Raised by, by the way, mom. yeah. So I'll keep coming back to that. And thank you, mom. An amazing person that contributes to the community in the most positive, amazing way. Oh, thank you. Yes. I'm receiving an award this week. Oh. By One Future Coachella Valley, and the award is the Empowering Students Award. There you and go. And they choose uh, K through 16, you know, so kindergarten through college an educator who is making a difference in the lives of youth, empowering them and guiding them towards uh, higher careers and further furthering their education and really just kind of finding their path mm. in life. And so I'm very honored to yeah, receive this award well this week. So, well Congratulations. So yeah, and again, I work a lot with nonprofits. I have my own nonprofit as well. And as was previously shared in the show before, um, before my show comes on, we have Anita Rufus, and she was talking about um, International Women's Day as well. And so she mentioned that women do a lot of work that they don't get paid for, mm -hmm. and nonprofits is one of them. And, and almost every nonprofit I've worked in and I've worked for and worked with, we donate our time, you know, and we really just give back to the communities. Mm -hmm. And I'm always sitting in a conference room filled with women. And I'm very often the only man. It's it's really where the roles are reversed. Yeah. Because I've sat in many conference rooms when I'm the only woman in business. Right. So yeah. when it comes to yeah. uh, uh, pretty much all my careers, I was it was me and maybe another woman, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, but when it comes to nonprofits, it, it's completely reversed. reversed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So again, and can you imagine the world without any nonprofits? No. no. How, what chaos we would be in right now? The government surely wouldn't pick up the slack. No. They wouldn't. No. This is this is by the people, mm -hmm. for the people. So, yeah. amazing. Uh, so, what moves you? Back to brain facts. Down to two minutes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> Goes quick. <laughs> <laughs> the average adult human brain weighs three pounds, has texture like firm jelly, is made up of 75% water. So, your brain weighs three quarters of a pound. Mm. That's your dry weight of your brain. That being said... Every time your heart beats, your arteries carry 20 to 25% of your blood to your brain. That's a quarter of your body's blood goes to a three and a, and a or goes to three quarters of a pound of an organ. Wow. The harder you think, the more oxygen and fuel your brain will use from your blood up to 50% of the blood in your body. 
circulating through the brain at any time. Very important mm. organ, of course. Every time you recall a memory or have a new thought, you create a connection in the brain. You don't grow a new brain cell when you have a memory or a thought. You're just establishing a connection with existing brain cells. There are 100 billion neurons in the brain, but they only make up 10% of the brain. These neurons. These neurons branch out into a hundred trillion plus trigger points, forming what experts call a neuron forest. Mm -hmm. There are 100,000 miles of blood vessels in your brain. The distance around the world at the equator is 24,900 miles. Four times that in your brain. Isn't that cool? That's so cool. <laughs> I'm such a nerd. That's so cool. <laughs> such a nerd. That's so cool. <laughs> Me too. I love nerdy stuff. I'm ner I'm geeking out right now on the brain. <laughs> so here's some myths, okay? First myth, and, and I'm guilty of this one because I'm a biologist. I went to college in biology and the whole bit, and I taught, and I have been teaching for 15 years. Much of that time, I'm teaching about, you know, of course, anatomy and physiology, and I've talked about the brain. Mm-hmm. This myth, you cannot grow new brain cells. Of course you can. Here's another myth. The bigger your brain, the smarter you are. True or false? False. How about this? You only use 10% of your brain. That's true? Interesting. I know that they You're going to have to stick uh, around. No. You're going to oh, have uh, to stick around. Uh, I have this and so much more. Stay with us here on Tate Talks. Health and wellness conversation from A to Z. This is Tate Talks on iHub Radio with Jason Tate. Jason Tate live here in the studios, Palm Springs, California, on this beautiful Sunday, March 8th. God, it's gorgeous out perfect there, isn't weather. it? Perfect weather. Absolutely perfect. <laughs> I hope it's pretty where you are on this International Women's Day. We're celebrating women. I'm dedicating the show today to women. And right now I'm talking about the brain mm -hmm. and a little fun fact about women and the brain. Women are better at task switching, yes. what people call multitasking. But uh, I sit in, <laughs> I do a lot of learning, by the way, and I go to as many conferences as I can afford <laughs> to go to every year because I love learning. And so the Institute for Brain Potential, I go to their conferences and I learn from brain surgeons and so on. And it was shown that we don't multitask uh, and there's a rare subset of the population, savants and so on, who can read a book, both pages simultaneously at the same time, right eye, left eye, that whole thing, and remember everything they read. I've never met anyone that can do that. Mm -hmm. I certainly cannot do that. Sometimes I have to read the same page five times. I'm like, <laughs> all right, I get it. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> so task switching is the ability to switch from one task to another so quickly mm -hmm. that it almost feels like you're multitasking. And that's the illusion that we have. Everyone's like, yeah, I'm good at multitasking. You're good at task switching. Mm 
and you can do it quicker. So apparently women can do this much better than men because of an anatomical difference in their brain. Hmm. The corpus callosum is a raft of nerves uh, between the two hemispheres of the brain, the right and left hemisphere, and it's thicker in women. And because of this anatomical gift, this Hmm. anatomical evolutionary adaptation that's driven by natural selection and pressures from the environment, women are better at task switching. That's why they can cook and, you know, take care of the kids and, you know, answer phone calls and run a business and be thinking about tomorrow and planning, you know, future events all at the same time, mm-hmm. task switching between each of these things. So empowering women. Love it. Good job. Well, it, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a blessing and a curse, especially yes. in, in corporate, well, because when you have subordinates that are male mm. and, you know, you when I assigned assignments at my previous life, I had to be careful because one of the feedbacks that I received is that I was requesting uh, too many simultaneous projects. For us poor men. For the, and (laughs) and when I was, you know, when I was in the conference room in the morning assigning tasks and things like that, the testing for the day, um, the male testers uh, would say, you know, let's just stick to one yeah. For the day. Yeah. Whereas my female testers would say, oh, we got it. <laughs> I believe it. I yeah. really do. Yeah. And, and I had um, to be really yeah. careful because it was, a, it. it was a negative yeah. feedback. It wasn't yeah. a positive no, feedback. No, 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 no. Yeah. yeah. You know, and as a teacher, I need to modify all mm-hmm. the time in my mm-hmm. classroom. And I'll have, you know, sometimes 50 kids at once in a classroom. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, there's about 50 different learning styles in that classroom. There's some crossover and blending, of course. There's some similarities between certain students, but the ability to task switch is much greater in women than in men, even young girls. And Mm -hmm. so there's a movement right now to lift up boys and their academic potential and what they're doing in schools because they are not keeping up with the girls and, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we have a lot of information coming at us all the time from mm-hmm. multiple different streams and sources and girls and women can keep up with it. And the boys really, really struggle uh, as far as also cell phones being allowed in the classroom and yeah, students being, you know, constantly, um, you know, I don't know, distracted. <laughs> right. And mm-hmm. so anyway, back to some brain facts. Mm. So brain myth. Brain making new brain cells. I taught for years that you're born with all the brain cells you have. That's what you get. If you lose them because of, you're, you know, you're doing drugs and you know have a head injury or whatever, you lose them. You mm-hmm. never get them back. Totally not true, by the way. We grow new brain cells all the time. We have neuroplasticity. So our brain is plastic and adaptable as we age. Most brain cells or neurons are created before you're born. However, throughout adulthood, new neurons are born in a brain region called the hippocampus, where new memories are formed. After the cells are created, they integrate themselves into existing brain regions. So cool. Called neurogenesis. So that was a new term that didn't exist when I was in college. Neuro meaning neurons, genesis to make or create. So neurogenesis to make or create new neurons. Bigger the brain, the smarter you are. 
Having a bigger brain does not guarantee more cognitive power, although many humans, many believe humans are the smartest species on the planet. Our brains, which weighs roughly three pounds soaking wet, they're dwarfed by other animals. For instance, the elephant brain weighs nine pounds, hmm. and a whale's brain can weigh up to 20 pounds. That's a big brain. <laughs> it's not all surprising that the bigger the animal's body, the bigger the brain is. However, when scientists rank mammals by their brain size relative to their body size, not humans come out on top. It's In fact, the brain of a tree shrew accounts for 10% of its body's mass. Imagine 10% of your mass being your brain. Wow. It's a big brain. Uh, while the human body accounts for roughly 2% of your body mass. So... As far as us using 10% of our brain, again, totally not true. You use almost all of your brain, almost really? all the time. Yeah. I thought that was true. Yeah. And so uh, they, they show this through science, functional medics, um, fMRI scans, and so on. But certain activities definitely increase brain potential and power. Hmm. And I'll talk about those as soon as we come back. You don't want to miss this because if you want to grow, if you want to grow new brain cells, <laughs> you want to stick around and listen on how we do this here on Tate Talks. If it's good for your mind and body, it's part of the discussion on Tate Talks. From iHub Radio, here's Jason Tate. Jason Tate here live in the studios, Palm Springs, California. You can reach us at 760-699-0202. That is the text line. Text with any questions, any comments, anything you want us to talk about in future shows. We're celebrating International Women's Day today. So if you have a compelling and interesting and fascinating and beautiful story you'd like for us to share, we'll try and get it on the air. And it yeah. shows up on our screen on the monitor when you send in a text message. So uh, yeah, we can read it directly. To, yeah, if you're yeah. too shy to talk on the radio, we can read it for you. So I'm going to wrap up my <laughs> What Moves You. I have a long one today. I'm um, talking about brain health. If you missed it in the first uh, couple segments of the show, you can always catch us tonight. We rebroadcast from 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific time. Don't forget that today is daylight savings. So roll your clocks and watches and everything forward. We spring forward. We lose an hour. Yikes. Mm. <laughs> Bummer. But longer days get to stay up. You know, I like working out in the afternoons in the sun cool, outside. Right? So it's I like that. Um, so back to that. And speaking of working out, here's what you do that increases the brain power and promotes neurogenesis. Do you remember what neurogenesis is, Alexandra? To growing my brain cells. Grow new brain cells. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what region of the brain? This is a little quiz. Oh my gosh, it was a weird word. Uh, uh, hip. Hip something. Hippo, hippocampus. Hippocampus, yeah. I know, it's, it was like it's kind of like a really cool, it's right in the middle of your brain, mm. right in the center, and it kind of looks like a curled finger, like come here, but upside down. Mm. Uh, like hippocampus, hook. yeah. Like the Maui hook. <laughs> like the Maui hook, yeah, but not quite as hooked. It's more mm. like a like claw. a claw. <laughs> and uh, I've seen fMRI scans, speaking of functional magnetic resonance imaging, mm -hmm. of new brain cells being shot out of this hippocampus region like fireworks. What? It is so freaking cool. That is cool. Very cool. So here's what does it. 
All right. Turns out that running, cardiovascular exercise, swimming, biking, especially outside. There's something about being outside in natural light as well. Well, oxygen too. Uh, yeah, and increased oxygen, you know, airflow. This increases brain volume, cool. okay? Overwhelming growth production, they say, of growth factors called BDNF, brain-derived neurotrophic factors, and VEGF, <laughs> vascular endothelial growth factor. This is part of the this dictionary. This is part of the Tate Talks dictionary, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, also is uh, serotonin, which is a hormone mm-hmm. that is the happy hormone, the serotonin. Happy. It all drives neuroplasticity and neurogenesis. So if you're having fun and you're moving, mm-hmm. you're growing new brain cells. And you can grow brain cells into your 90s, beyond 100, doesn't matter. I'll be smarted at the end of the summer because I'm going to tread water. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> On the flip side, here's some alarming things. Depression and stress will shrink your brain. Oh. Decreasing the structure of the dendrites and the complexity of the dendrites, which are the connections between the brain, that neuron forest. Mm-hmm. You actually shrink your neuron forest when you're under chronic stress and depression. And it also decreases the volume of the hippocampus region of the brain, making that region smaller and more difficult to grow new brain cells. Can it be reversed? It can be reversed. Running. Running. Exercise and running. Treading water. (laughs) Reverse, yeah, and treading water, swimming, biking, you know, uh, intense cardiovascular exercise will reverse this shrinkage of the brain. And one last thing. Did you know that a hug that lasts 20 seconds or longer Mm. releases oxytocin in the body, Mm. which is the bonding hormone that women, on this International Women's Day, the bonding hormone that women produce in mass during and after pregnancy and during uh, nursing and breastfeeding. Hmm. And it's this bonding hormone. And it's also a natural antidepressant and anti-anxiety hormone. That's why hugs feel so wonderful. Isn't there a lady that goes around and hugs people? There's, There's a actually a, a young man. Hmm. He, it's called the Free Hugs Project. Okay. And I met him a couple years ago. He was here at a conference mm-hmm. and I met him. Such an amazing, I'll have to promote, I'll have to get him back on the, I'll have to get him on the show. I've never had him on the show, yeah. but I'll have to get him on the show. He was speaking here at a conference and he has this amazing story. He's a runner and he actually is a professional runner for a Nike team. Apparently okay. Nike has a running team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he, he did this uh, experiment at this huge conference here called the Wellness or the Wellest, Wellspring Palm Springs. And so I actually volunteered Mm -hmm. to go up on stage and be in this competition. He said, I need two volunteers. And so I raised my hand and another guy raised his hand and we go up there to the front and he goes, okay, so I'm a runner. What you're going to do is we're going to start here in the middle. You're going to run that way. You're going to run this way, touch the wall and you come back and whoever touches my hand first wins. And the guy I was racing against was probably 15 years younger than me. Hmm. And so thankfully I was wearing sandals. So I just kicked off my sandals and I went barefoot <laughs> and, and I beat this kid huh. and I ran touched the wall and I came back and it was funny. He goes, you were moving. He goes, you're really, really fast. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's one, that's one thing I've always, I loved running and I love sprinting especially. So mm. I was pretty proud of myself that, uh, that I beat this kid. <laughs> there you go. Anyway. 
Let's talk about some food right now, all right? And I have a delicious recipe to share with you this week um, from the back of a box of edamame pasta, organic oh. edamame spaghetti. I love edamame. Um, it's, and I, and I'll, I'll share with you later, but whenever you are purchasing a food product that's coming in a box, don't just look at the nutrition facts. Please, please, please look at the ingredients, okay? Mm -hmm. Because even some of these healthy, you know, non-wheat-based, um, you know, products that don't have gluten and all these, some of them have extra stuff, mm -hmm. you know, organic uh, rice flour. Like my family's doing right now is this Renew Food Plan, which is a low processed foods and a low sugar. Uh, and I'll explain Renew again in just a moment. But I love this box because it has one ingredient the idea is to keep it under five mm. okay because you got five fingers just keep the ingredients under five and so some of the other pastas uh, that were a non-wheat pasta they had like four or five or six ingredients you know extra stuff that you mm. just don't need one ingredient love this so i'll share that in just a moment so back to Renew Food Plan. What is the Renew Food Plan? And this is from the Institute for Functional Medicine, um, sharing some of the resources from there with you. The Renew Food Plan helps support healing by removing common food triggers that are contributing to metabolic dysfunction while providing the essential nutrients that are needed for health and vitality. The Renew Food Plan is a way of eating that reduces intake of all sweeteners and processed foods lowers your inflammation and improves the body's ability to eliminate harmful substances and as far as processed foods are concerned let me explain what a processed food is a sliced apple is a processed food minimally processed because you don't find apple slices on a tree correct so think about that okay so an apple picked right off the tree Maybe you rinse it. Maybe you don't because, you know, it's good for you, honestly. <laughs> maybe wipe it on your shirt. <laughs> oh <God>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a guy. Sorry. Uh, oh no, uh, I wash my food. <laughs> if I buy it in a store, who knows who touched it? Mm. I wash my food. But if, but if I'm picking something off the tree outside, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I, have, and I have a garden as well, you know, we rinse them and then we eat them. You know, if you get a little bit of dirt, it's great. You get good microbes that way. <laughs> but a processed food is a food that is changed from its original state. So there's minimally processed, like a sliced apple, mm -hmm. or if you slice your tomatoes in half and throw them in a salad, that's minimally processed. Okay. Peeled orange. You can still recognize it mm -hmm. from what it is. But what about apple pie? I love apple pie. <laughs> <gasps> that is a... Highly, highly processed, highly processed food. I mean, we're talking about the bread and the dough. Like, it doesn't look anything like its original. If you look at all the ingredients, <laughs> it doesn't look anything like that. No, and then you no. just take that to the extreme and you look at hot Cheetos and things like that. Like, these are heavily, what heavily processed <laughs> foods. It's this mush it's that they spooge into a fryer, yep. right? And it creates these little... Uh, that's yikes. not food. It's yeah, not food. That's not food. No. It's in... EFS, an edible food like substance. Yeah. And I don't even think it's edible, honestly. No. So, processed foods are defined as packaged foods with more than five ingredients, including common allergens, additives, preservatives, chemicals, dyes, thickeners, and flavorings like monosodium, monosodium glutamate, MSG. 
salt, sugar, and extra fats. These processed foods are made from combinations of unprocessed or minimally processed and processed food ingredients and are designed with convenience rather than nutrition in mind. It's all about convenience and shelf life. Often these foods are portable and they can be eaten anywhere, requiring little to no preparation. Processed foods are often high in trans fats, which are partially hydrogenated fats. That's another show, another time. Mm -hmm. These fats oxidize in the body, however, causing cell damage. Antioxidants found in fresh fruits and vegetables can block or reverse this process of oxidation, but without these foods in the diet, oxidized fats lead to inflammation and nutritional deficiencies. A lot of people that I meet and talk with do not eat nearly enough fresh fruits and vegetables, and they're eating a lot of processed foods mm -hmm. and creating a lot of inflammation in the body. So some common processed foods, obviously breads, bagels, cakes, cereals, cereal bars. What I found interesting, a lot of people don't realize that store-bought condiments are a, a, a heavy consumed source of processed foods as well. Barbecue sauces, chili sauce, uh, mustard packets, mm. mayonnaise, ketchups, things like that, steak sauce, syrups, tartar sauce. So in Michael Pollan's book, In Defense of Food, and Eater's Manifesto, and his other book, Food Rules, and Eater's Manual, he has a couple of food rules. One of them is don't eat anything that is incapable of rotting. Mm. There are a lot of foods that don't really rot, and you can't even put them in a composter. Wow. Because they're, they just, they, don't they, would, they would actually throw off the balance of your, of your decomposing food. Yikes. And if it came from a plant, you should eat it mm. as long as the plant's edible. But if it was made in a plant, don't. <laughs> if it was made in a plant? Yeah, like oh, a like factory. Oh, like a factory plant. <laughs> uh, bump, yeah. Ba-dum-bum. <laughs> <laughs> so gluten, by the way. Gluten is a sticky, so another thing that the Renew Food Plan is, is eliminating gluten in the diet. So I'll share with you a little bit about gluten. Gluten is a sticky, water-soluble family of proteins that's found in a few key grains, mainly wheat, rye, and barley, There are so, and associated grain products like bread, cereals, crackers, pastas. Gluten is commonly found in various sauces and dressings and seasonings and many other foods. Gluten is toxic it is it is highly toxic to some people moderately toxic to many people and very minimally toxic to a small percent of the population depending on your genetics and region and evolutionary ancestry and it's different here in the united states as far as gluten consumption versus elsewhere and i felt that um this summer being in italy for three mm -hmm. weeks so I'll share more about gluten when we come back. You don't want to miss that. And the recipe of the week, this delicious edamame pasta. Stay with us here on Tate Talks. Inspiring you with the tools and knowledge to make the necessary changes to live life optimally. This is Tate Talks on iHub Radio. Welcome to Tate Talks. Thank you for taking time out of your day to be with us here 
on our show where we talk about health and wellness, movement, nutrition, mindfulness, everything to inspire and bring awareness so that you can make the rest of your life the best best. of your life. (laughs) (laughs) You can call the station 760-699-0202. I'm sorry. That's a text line, 6990202. Follow us on Facebook. Follow me on Facebook, Jason Tate, where I post uh, pictures of the guests and what's coming up on the show. And you can reach out to me. We can talk uh, about future topics. If there's something that you really want me to cover, let me know. I'll do the research. I'll bring it up. I'll put it on the show. That's the great thing about Jason. He'll do the research for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And he brings, uh, Jason, I have a question. (laughs) He'll go out and just research everything and put in a nice little package with a rainbow bow on it. And there you go. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently, uh, actually, and I've needed to do this. I'm going to do a coronavirus show. Yes. And just kind of how to protect yourself and boost your immune system and just kind of get yourself... um, ready for this Mm -hmm. so because it is a global situation so i will um, do a coronavirus show maybe next week even so right now i'm talking about gluten we're talking about processed foods i'm talking about gluten and this renew food plan that my family's been doing so gluten is commonly found in various sauces dressing seasonings other foods it's also found in a uh, water soluble family of proteins a few key grains wheat rye and barley wheat is big consumption and yet a lot of gluten and it's toxic to a lot of people so these toxic proteins in gluten are called gliadins and they can break down the microvilli which are finger-like protrusions of our intestinal cells along the inner lining of your intestines. So these gliadins, they break down this microvilli. Mm. They also promote the growth, the overgrowth of um, harmful bacteria in your intestines. Mm. SBO, small bacterial overgrowth, uh, or SIBO, small intestine bacterial overgrowth, also known as SIBO. And these harmful bacteria eat away at the mucosal lining of the inner um, lining of the intestines, hmm. which is there to protect you because you're secreting <laughs> enzymes that you digest foods, hmm. foods that are made of proteins and lipids and carbohydrates, what you're made of, lipids and proteins. How come you're not digesting yourself? Well, it's this mucosal lining that is protecting you from literally digesting yourself. So when that mucosal lining gets eaten away, it's painful. You start to digest yourself. That's painful. Right? I, I had that happen. And you get these tears and microperforations and mm-hmm. holes, what we call leaky gut or gut dysbiosis, and it leads to a whole issue, a whole range of problems, including large amounts of inflammation, mm-hmm. the, de- the deterioration of leaky gut, uh, food allergies leads to food sensitivities and intolerances, and later on downstream, autoimmune diseases, okay? Crohn's, lupus, a lot of autoimmune diseases are linked back to your gut health, which mm-hmm. then of course is linked back to your diet. And I have a student uh, recently who came to me and, and said that she was complaining of headaches. She's had headaches almost every day Mm. for six years. Oh my God. She's been to see doctors, this and that. And I said, okay, there's two things that as functional medicine, two things that we go to right away 
First, I said we need to heal the gut. And secondly, what's your dairy consumption like? Mm. And what is your wheat and gluten consumption like? And apparently she drinks milk all the time. And for her, I'm, I'm betting that this is an intolerance for her, mm. that her body is fighting this. She has a lactose intolerance. So we're going to try that. She's going to try her. Her sister, who's in my other class, mm. gave up on the milk and is only drinking um, almond milk. And her sister, who used to get you know some headaches as well, no more headaches. So we're going to try there, see what works. So hopefully uh, my student is doing well and she's staying away from the milk. And I really would love for her to get rid of her headaches because yeah, they're crippling. Wow. They're so rough. Awful. Six years. Yikes. Yikes. That's a long time. So back to uh, as far as this gluten, for many people, and this is powerful. This is a powerful message right now. For many people, going gluten-free is not enough especially with a growing number of gluten-free convenience foods, which are now readily available. This is a big marketing draw. Mm. This is the new like thing, gluten-free this, gluten-free that. It's still loaded with processed foods and chemicals. These foods, muffins, brownies, cakes, mixes, etc., they're often filled with other substances and additives like corn and potato starch and gums that can be just as damaging to the body. So you might be thinking, I'm I'm healthy, I'm going gluten-free. And you're eating gluten-free muffins? It's a bait and switch. (laughs) It's, you know, it's another way to continue making profits. Duncan Hines will take your money whether or not they're giving you gluten. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, these are just as damaging to the body, especially when they're regular part of the diet. Additionally, gluten-free grains like rice, corn, and oats have proteins that are similar to gliadin, and these proteins can cause problems in the GI tract that are already damaged or inflamed. For this reason, removing all grains from the diet, regardless of gluten, is an essential step of this Renew food plan. And we did that in our family, and we're doing it for a month. Uh, We'll see. We'll reevaluate and see where we're at. Most people don't associate grains with symptoms of food intolerance because of the frequency with which these foods are eaten. They're Mm -hmm. such a large part of our diet all the time. Repeated exposure to a trigger food that has this gluten in it can result in a chronic inflammatory response, which may be undetectable until this offending item is removed from the diet completely. Usually it takes a few weeks and then later reintroduced. Then you'll receive an acute or immediate reaction after this reintroduction and a signal that the food causes an immune response in the body and thus should be eliminated from the diet for a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. This is called food challenging. We do this in functional medicine. I do this as a health coach in functional medicine. It's usually called an elimination diet Mm -hmm. where you eliminate offending foods like gluten foods and dairy, uh, a lot of nuts, you know, which is unfortunate, but um, to try and find your trigger foods and people reintroduce this trigger food, sometimes eggs. I have a sensitivity to eggs Mm -hmm. uh, and I, and I feel it as soon as I challenge that food again. So, yeah. That's some processed foods. I know that you notice right away when I when I get up in the morning and I put my 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 ring on. um, I can tell whether I ate poorly the night before. Mm. Inflammation, inflammation straight away. It's like if I'm having a hard time putting my ring on. Yep. Then I'm like, "Mm." sometimes after a meal, 
right? Yep. Even well, after a meal. I don't know if that is that quickly for me. I've seen it, yeah, myself yeah. and with other people, my wife, you mm-hmm. know. So this is your body talking to you. The body's smart. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's really smart. We're just not so smart because we don't listen to it all the time. <laughs> so listen to your body. Stay with us. I have an amazing guest on this International Women's Day. This amazing human being, my sister. Well, <laughs> my adopted sister. I'm adopting her. There you go. <laughs> Stay with us. 